1: And now,
2: it's time for Inside Conan,
1: Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. I'm Mike Sweeney.
2: I'm Jesse Gaskell. And Mm -hmm. we are friends and co-workers. Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> and
1: co-workers. When does that ever happen? Yeah. Oh, I guess all the time. But anyway.
2: <laughs> when all you do is work.
1: Exactly. I know. Well, that used to be the case. Now it's a strike lifestyle.
2: Yeah. We're on strike. We yep. used to be writers for Conan. You were the head writer for a long time.
1: Well, yeah. Yes, I was. No one else would do it. Uh uh, have you been picketing a lot lately?
2: Uh, yeah, I've been picketing. I've been actually going all the way to the West Side Studios. Really, really far from where I live. Yeah, what,
1: uh, what are you running from?
2: Uh, well, uh, I was. I've been meeting up, trying to meet up with some people I haven't seen in a while. Oh,
1: that's not. That's smart.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a good excuse. Yeah.
1: Yes. Are these writer friends you're meeting, literally meeting on the picket line, or people you're meeting who live on the West Side? They're writer Uh, friends who
2: who also live on the West Side. Well, and one of them, I I just met Robin Schiff, um, who was my, she was my WGA mentor when I joined the WGA. Oh. And we interviewed her on this podcast because she was
1: Conan's Groundlings teacher. Oh, right. Yes, yes. But she was your WGA mentor?
2: Yeah. They gave me a mentor when I joined.
1: Why did you get a, I didn't (laughs) get a mentor.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think that it was a newer program probably when I came along.
1: I've have you had a lot of mentors in your life. You know what? I bet you attracted mentors. Like you just seem like a mentor magnet. Like right? everyone's <laughs> like, no, I want to mentor her. I
2: I'd consider every, you a mentor. I,
1: no, every, but no, but I mean someone who actually helps you. Uh,
2: <laughs> you are that.
1: There, <laughs> there but there are p- so many people who like always talk about their mentors. And I I, I no one ever wanted anything to do with me. I don't <laughs> think I ever had a mentor. I think they
2: just didn't think you needed help.
1: They no, were like, "You're no one, fine." I I feel like I was cheated uh, in life of a major experience. No one ever wanted to take me under their wing. It was like, Ugh, well, it's sort yeah. of a
2: weird relationship because I don't know if you ever actually formalize it. Like, I don't. I mean, this one was this was part of the a program the WGA uh, was running, but like, people don't say, "Oh, would you like to be my mentee?" No. I mean, that maybe is uh, creeps say that
1: creeps say that. Absolutely. I, I would have been happy if a creep wanted to mentor me. Anybody.
2: Oh, to groom yeah. you?
1: A, a creep mentor, or, or if I was being groomed by someone, Not none of that, nothing. No love, no attention, even.
2: Well, even what creeping. if Conan thinks he's your mentor?
1: Oh. Uh-oh. No, no. Because I would, he'd be mentoring someone to be a host, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, sure. He mentors everyone. Or
2: just to, to be in comedy. I, I don't, Oh, he he likes I to think, give advice.
1: I think he mentors all the writers. He does. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I okay. I just oh, was okay. looking for something to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what's going on?
2: Uh, well, so we've been house hunting, and oh. it's terrible. I mean, it's just insane. There was a, there was an article in the LA Times this morning about how awful it is here. I mean oh, you're
1: looking bad. in LA. I was going to say just, as long as you're not looking in
2: LA. Oh, oh yeah, no, if I was I, I okay. wish I was looking in Kansas City, but uh but I mean if you go further outside of Los Angeles, I mean we're already right. pretty we're as far east you can yes. be and still be in Los Angeles city. Yes. But uh Sona Mosesian is yeah. trying to get me to move to Altadena
1: where she lives right where she
2: lives which is even oh, further east
1: it's further east and north
2: but we did we did go to see a house there because it was like oh we could in our budget have the a house with this beautiful like landscaped yard with a pool mm-hmm. we oh could have god. a pool in altadena
1: oh my god and altadena is nestled against these beautiful mountains
2: It is. It's right up against the uh, Angeles National Forest. Right. Sona said there are bears all the time that wander through the neighborhood. So she checks next door to see, make sure there are no bears
1: outside.
2: Before she she lets her kids out to play. Yeah. And also you can't get insurance because of um, the wildfires. Right. So those are some of the downsides.
1: Those are downsides. So yeah, you're... You're not going to go to Altadena. That's what it sounds. No,
2: we're not ready yet. But I do is I'll I'll from time to time I'll get a little text from Sona that's like a hey look we've got a we've got a little free library now. (laughs) Oh yeah,
1: no, that's 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 I
0: know. Well,
2: yeah, I mean I know we're gonna we we'll be fine wherever we are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, And actually, today's guest famously lived in a two bedroom apartment in New York with like. Seven people in it, yeah. His wife and two kids five, and five kids.
1: Five, five, I think five kids.
2: Five kids,
1: which I I thought that was against the law, but I guess you're allowed to have as many <laughs> kids. Oh no, that's China. No, but he, even they rescinded that law. I guess you're allowed to have as many kids as you want. But that's crazy that they live like that. And yeah, uh, that's
2: a reality show. Yeah,
1: he did it just to get ma- material for his act.
2: Okay, well, that makes. But I'm. I,
1: I'm glad he did it cuz he's hilarious. Uh we're talking about Jim Gaffigan.
2: Yes, Jim Gaffigan, um really funny, obviously stand-up comic, many time Conan guest and uh was even in some Conan sketches early on, remote.
1: Yes, yep.
2: Here's Jim Gaffigan.
1: Hi, Hi Jim. How Thanks are you? Thanks for having
2: me. When was the last time you two saw each other? Was oh, no I don't back? know.
1: Probably the last time you were on the Conan show. Yeah. That's when we agree to see each other. Isn't that <laughs> backstage. Crazy? It is no, so it,
3: crazy. So, you know, Mike, I've been doing stand up forever and he was the crowd work king. Mike Sweeney. Mike Sweeney's on. Go go check it out. Yeah. Mike Sweeney's on. <laughs> go, and, go,
1: go put money Mike, in your meter.
3: <laughs> and so there was. It's, it is, uh, I feel like I'm talking to a comedy legend here.
1: (laughs) 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 This is how he opens every podcast. (laughs) He knows that he was a
3: killer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Sweeney, a couple different Mike Sweeney jokes. One is I, my mother was a nurse. And so instead of pornography, I would look at her medical (laughs) books, And so now I can only get aroused if a woman has, uh, a hatchet in her head or something
1: like that. Was that kind of what the joke was? <laughs> oh, oh uh, I think a giant goiter. <laughs> yes, a giant to, goiter. Yeah, a nice... <laughs> It's, it's big also the going
3: worst going thing in the world for someone to repeat a joke I was back terrified. to
1: you and butcher it. I, I I like, well, I didn't don't. remember it till you said it. So blissfully, my know, like a bad dental experience, my brain is erased yes. all I those know, old I think jokes. That's, that's
2: a victimless crime because then you get to blame it on the delivery and you get to blame it on the writing. I,
1: that was actually the best version of it I've <laughs> ever heard. I, I like the hatchet in the It was a book on forensics. Uh So uh, I remember the first time I saw you was at the comic strip on Second Avenue, and you were—I think it was your first time there, possibly. And I I, does that might have been. Was that the first club you went to? I mean, if we're going to go down memory lane, when uh, was that the first club you got in at the comic strip, or was there was it a different? No, I I really struggled
3: to get in there. Really, Um, Mm -hmm. but I remember so like. It's, I, I don't know. It's all such a blur. It was 30 years ago, which is ironic because we're only 31. Right, right, guys.
1: <laughs> um, audio, but, uh, audio medium. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you were funny right away. There were, there were some comments Yeah, you,
2: you uh, mentioned that because yeah. I asked about that. And yes. you said there's a couple people that just immediately, they come out of yeah. the womb being good at stand-up. And it sounds yes. like that was Jim. Well,
1: Thank you. That's very nice. And all the other, you were great right away, and uh, you know Chris Rock and 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 John Stewart and uh, Ray Romano were guys were just like, seemed to just go off the shore and immediately they're I surfing didn't
2: have that year right. of bombing. Yes.
1: No, I, I if they if they were bombing, they were doing it. Maybe you were doing secretly. it on Long Island, <laughs> but, but not when I yes, saw you. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I know this is
3: Inside Conan, but it's really just about stand-up comedy in 1993.
1: It's very <laughs> specific honestly, year. If, have, if you've listened
2: to the podcast.
1: <laughs> and, uh, sometimes we do divert in that direction.
3: <laughs> so wait a minute. So Inside Conan. We'll is get this, to it. Because
1: <laughs> the show, the, the Conan show,
3: uh, the different versions of it. Uh-huh was so instrumental in my life, really. It is just amazing how, uh, you know, uh, and, and also it's like even some of, you know, you'd show up, you'd see friends there. And also, I mean, Conan was really good. Like, you know, <laughs> like you'd watch the opening monologue right. and everyone would laugh. I mean, I know he sucked at the beginning, but everyone sucks at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. like... It is amazing. And because I did that uh, pale force thing, mm-hmm. right. I remember, you know, I had a frequency to go there and there was, um, to witness and, and also, you know, the dynamic of, of Conan and Letterman. I also like doing Conan and Letterman, cause I had always kind of romanticized, Hosting a, a late night show, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is a horrible job. You know, like it's a really <laughs> you have to go every hard, day. Really hard, <laughs> you know, and you have to be on, and and you know, both Conan and Letterman would, um, you know, there's, you, you know, there is you you get a certain amount of feedback, like probably to. outside world the feedback that they get from the audience every night on the show would be amazing but there is there's a uh you can measure it in like a really a minutia so like when they don't get you get spoiled by really good audiences so like both conan and letterman would be like this crowd and you're like whereas with letterman if he didn't like the crowd he would just be in a bad mood on camera on on camera. Yeah. Well, he would just kind of, you can kind of see it in his eyes. Uh Whereas where he, I mean, he also had done it much longer, but I remember watching Conan and I'm sure you guys know about this. When like, like when Conan would have a guest that was, and they were usually actors that thought they were funny, that were really not funny, Mm -hmm. and Conan would save them. They would be careening down this path of like utter humiliation, and I would see Conan save these people, pick them up out of the water, turn it on himself, and save them. Yeah, he's generous. And I remember just being like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so... Impressive. I don't know. I just that
1: that really stayed with me when I would watch him do that. That was one of my early impressions after working there. Was you know sometimes there'd be ideas for stuff for comedy, and he'd be like, "Ah, it's too negative. It's too negative." And it, it's similar to what you are saying. Like out there, if someone's floundering, kind of the easy way to go would be to pile on. Yeah. And and yeah. let them and drown. You're right. He he always had this kind of wanting to be a gracious host. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that helped drive him to kind of try to save the save everyone on the couch at that time, you know?
3: Yeah, and he had... And by the way, there is... That's not to say that... I mean, it's not my style, but like the whole um, ribbing of, uh, you know, that that kind of like giving each other shit thing. It's not like... I understand the value in that, right. but it's also just, it's a safer bet. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? And yeah.
3: then you look yes. at like, at Jimmy Fallon, where he's like, you know, it's like, it's it's warmth overload. Uh, <laughs> right, and I right. don't mean that in a negative right, way. Right. You know what I mean? And so, but also Conan was so funny that it was, I mean, now it sounds like he's dead. Right. For Conan. <laughs> Babel- <No. laughs> but Conan was, was also funny, like, yes. you did. I do these bits on the panel and then sometimes occasionally he would throw a tag and I'm like, dude, that's better than the whole joke. I just, did." Yeah. <laughs> you know
1: what I
2: mean?
1: well, you, yeah, you two had great chemistry right away. Yeah. So do, do you remember um, the first time you were on the show?
3: I think, I think
1: it might've been
3: what I remember. I don't know if it was the very first time, but yeah. it was like, people, what people don't realize is there is, among stand-up comedians their your your publicists and management mm-hmm. are always trying to get you on the couch mm-hmm. right right and the thing is is that no one tells you that when you get to the couch that you should be conversational or it's a perform- it's a different task it is. than mm-hmm. doing your jokes so i know like i remember i did the, I, I don't know if it was the first time, but I did the paneling thing. And I remember afterwards, I was like, oh, I was just doing... Jo-. Like, that's not how you do paneling. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there is something about um, the task of being a guest on, uh, uh, on a talk show where it has to... You can have pre... Pre-determined things, but it has to be organic. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it's, it's just because in this thing, it's if it, if it is what I'm thinking of, it's just me doing jokes. Right? <laughs> no, actually
1: <laughs> it's a piece that um was dug up. Oh, wait a minute. Is yes. it, oh, is it, is it me and Andy and, uh,
3: and Conan? Conan? Yeah. Uh, yes. And it's okay. a
1: pre-tape. With and kids. You're, you're a network executive doing a focus oh. group with children Yes. Who were in? We did a show with an all child audience, and it was a follow up piece. Yes. And I had totally forgotten about it, and we just dug it up a few months ago. Oh, and there wow. you are. You're kind of the star of yeah. it. Yeah. You're, and it go. It's nine minutes long. And <laughs> yeah. You're it's nine
3: minutes yes, long. Yes. It's and you're, <laughs> you guys did not play a nine minute
1: thing. I, it. It. I believe. Oh, nine that, nine in show. those days. Back then, yes. Yeah. And you're great in it, wow. and and it's, <laughs> I think it's a couple of years before it was 1997. It, so it was a couple of years oh, before yeah. you came back wow. to do stand up on the show. So
2: you were acting in wow. it. Wow. Oh yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so
3: there was also a bit that was, I mean, which is really kind of funny, given because it was the show. The show was ahead of its time in a lot of ways, in that there was, and it was probably around the same same time period. And because it, it was self-aware, which is kind of mm-hmm. Conan's sensibility. Right. And it was talking about Conan and Andy and they were going to add diversity to the <laughs> show. And so they added me. <laughs> so it was, uh, oh, I don't remember that. Instead of great. this Irish Catholic from right. Boston and this, yeah, this, uh, this Lutheran. Protestant from Illinois, yeah. they added me and they said I was a Mormon, you know, and it was. <laughs> That rings but a bell. at the rehearsal, I flubbed my line and Conan was like, maybe we should cut it. And I'm like, ah, I'm, uh, not gonna, I'm not going to mess up. He said that out <laughs> loud. He
1: usually he usually waits till we're backstage to go, maybe we should cut that.
2: <laughs>
3: That's yeah. how you know he's no, not going to cut just, it. He
1: said. It was just such a, an
3: easy line. And I just, I think it's intimidating. It's, you know it I mean? is.
1: It's very, uh, well, a lot, a, lot, a lot of people are great in rehearsal. And then, when and the then audience is live. added and the red light comes mm-hmm. on, they get really panic. panic. Oh, so wow. better to
2: get it out in rehearsal.
1: Yes, get it over with.
2: Get those cobwebs out. that was so out. smart.
3: So, so you, I mean, I, I don't know if this is what this is about, but I'm really curious because we are living through. I mean, with this strike,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and it, it's there is part of me that feels like this is the worst thing. That could happen to late night talk shows this strike. So it's like, hey, you people that the the remaining people that still have a habit right of watching mm-hmm. late night comedy, <laughs> right? Or right. A variety show kind of thing. You're
2: now they're, gonna clean right. we're you we're off of it. Your, yeah.
3: We're gonna give you three months to find to get into uh, dateline. Right. You know what I mean, we're <laughs> gonna give you three months to find
1: out it's a mop-up what operation. Your,
3: yeah. What your HBO Max password is? Do you know what people- I mean, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's I, true. I feel for for Colbert and all these guys because mm-hmm. it's just like it's pretty brutal. You know, yeah. like you have some momentum, and you have these diehards, but mm-hmm. it's really my my great brilliant observation is that you know I'm sure when they you know uh when they when they introduce television they're like oh this is gonna kill movies and um and and radio in a way yeah and 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 so in a way this is finally like streaming the version of television is the final thing that's gonna kill movies Mm
0: -hmm. like i mean it has in Mm -hmm. some
3: ways and i'm you know I'm not talking about like Marvel movies or you know or you know some indie films. I'm talking about like the movie experience that I had growing up, which was you know, as a teenager, you would go to a movie on a weekend because you couldn't go to a bar mm-hmm. you you would you know, <laughs> and now teenagers spit in there. Parents' basement and eat right. an edible that uh-huh. they somehow can get wherever they want, <laughs> and they don't have to go to a movie theater. Right. Right. And their parents are like, "We you don't want you to go." Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't. We don't want yeah. you to leave the property.
3: No, it. It's, or, and, or they're playing video games.
1: Well, you know, so. sometimes on Instagram, you know, these. It's like, wow, well, check out this crazy, you know, variety TV. The Osmond show from '75, and you're like, mm-hmm. that's yes. crazy. And, and <laughs> lately, I've been like, is that our late night? talk show clips going to be gonna like, that like that in 15 years where it's like, wait, you'd sit on this ugly couch and uh-huh. why is there, why are those other two people on the couch? And what is this? You know, cause you do yeah, wonder it's where so it's headed. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, it is so, but like, do you guys have an instinct of what the next iteration of, mm. because there is something, and also there's celebrities have their, you know, Jennifer Aniston's, got her Instagram right? and, and, um, Brad Pitt, like it used to be, you would, you would see, Oh, you know, like, uh, you know, like this celebrity is, that, uh, you know, uh, Muriel Hemingway is right. going to be on right. the tonight show. It's like, I don't even know what she's like outside right. of the right. movies, right. you know? Yeah. And now it's like, we know everything. And they also have their own vodka and yes. tequila. Right. So right. It's like, They're
2: so much more accessible and too accessible. they don't need the machinery of late night to promote anything anymore because, yeah, they can just go direct to consumers, basically.
3: So, and, you know, yeah. podcasts, I guess, have replaced it, right? There's a long form yeah. element mm-hmm. that has... Uh, and you, I'm sure you guys, like, it's, it's so interesting. How often do you run into people? Because I'm sure people, there's an audio version and a video version of this, yeah, right? right? right. And so there are people that
1: you don't know, know you from this, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's what someone has said, told us. Well, and I,
2: I mean, as, <laughs> as you're saying this, sure. I, I have had that thought cynically. I've thought, okay, podcasts, have proliferated and then now th- now every podcast is being filmed and now is that going to be kind of the new late night show right but we sort of circumvented yes. like we found a much cheaper way to make it there's no writers there's yep. no yep. um you know stage crew and there's no unions to deal with so now we kind of
1: and it's 2 hours long
2: <laughs> yeah there's no editing
1: not this don't worry right yeah but yeah, yeah. but yeah, right so we like circuitously
2: so ended up in the same place mm-hmm. but with by you know without all the expensive stuff.
3: It's like, who was the guy that was uh, Tom Snyder? Like Tom right. Snyder, essentially, he essentially did a podcast, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you're a little kid watching this guy and you're like, what the hell is he doing? What is this? He's just this <laughs> right, eccentric right. guy. I don't know the who that is. Too is. close it's to his like, head. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it yeah. was like, is this like a Fernwood tonight kind of <laughs> thing? What's going on here? And so that's what podcasts are. Except for there's a, a bazillion of them, right? Mm-hmm. And my my seventeen year old son falls asleep uh, listening to podcasts.
0: Yeah,
2: that's what how we counteract loneliness now. And that, you're right that that was what late night was before.
1: Or a white noise machine. Yeah, <laughs> that's my podcast. I go to bed too. Right. So-
2: uh, then Mike
1: Sweeney. Hi. Uh, yeah. I like Hi. to do Jim doing me. Hi, Jim. Jim. <laughs> yes, Jim. Good That's to see what you've you. You've been
2: doing this whole time.
1: That's right. Whole I had no here. idea.
0: <laughs> I thought it was me. It's Jim
1: doing me. Uh, well, <laughs> well, how, well, so do you feel like you've stepped away from, like, do you if you're asked to be in a late night show now, do you even care because you have now you you have so many, you're so prolific and you have all these specials that are coming out and, and you can promote them on your website. It's almost like you have this whole infrastructure too, where you don't even need to do those appearances in a way. Right. Or do you feel that way? That's evolving. I, I mean,
3: I wonder if some of it is, uh, it's, it's so crazy because how important they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like the appearing on Letterman or right. uh, doing a Conan set was, it was, uh, you know, it was not a huge accolade, but it, it reaffirmed you as a real comedian. Right? right. Yeah. And so I think there's remnants of that with me. It's also fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but it is weird. It is weird witnessing the, um, you know, granted, you know, it's hard to measure what, uh, you know, the social media feedback on things. Like I've seen the, it used to be the social media comments. I mean, granted, I used to be more, uh, on top of Twitter, but, it's, it's like the people that are watching late night shows now are probably not engaged in social media, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. So, are- I mean, I'm sure there's, uh, I'm generalizing, but it is, um, it is interesting. But, you know, one of the things that is, I mean, it's kind of a different question, but I feel as though, you uh, you know, the podcast experience is so uh, perfect for comedians because it's how we can kind of socialize with other comedians. Because if if you have, if you have, you know, I don't care if you're divorced and living on your own, you can't, you know, like everyone in the entertainment industry is, you know, they're now they're working on this show. Now they're touring, they're doing this Mm -hmm. or that. So, What people don't realize is that comedians kind of talking on podcasts is, and they also are, are, you know, comedians aren't the type of person like, just catching up. You you know, there (laughs) is like, because we're, we, you know, we were kind of uh there was an incubation period where you wouldn't make plans you would just go to a club and you would see someone you right. know and mm-hmm. you'd hang out with them for a little bit till 3 a.m and, and, so,
2: and never yeah. learn about their lives
1: just now everyone's going to bed early because they have to get up and do an early yeah. morning podcast with uh-huh. another comic
3: oh right. and so never... the, doing the podcast is a great time to hang out with these yeah people. right it's yeah. A, it's, it's it's a justification. And everyone's lives so busy, you know, someone's right. in a relationship, it's like your spouse or whatever is it's like, I have to do this. This is a, you know, this is part of the job, but otherwise, yeah. you know, my <laughs> wife would be like, you gotta help me with these kids. I'm like, I'm
2: working.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm booked. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places?
2: I wanted to ask about Pale Force because right. you briefly yes. brought that up. But yeah, Jim, you were a part of a kind of long, really long-running bit on the late on late night with Conan O'Brien. That was an animated sketch called Pale Force, where you were superheroes who would solve crimes and or fight crime with your paleness yes how did do you remember how that came about or how how that got pitched to you oh yeah no and I
3: remember um so my brother-in-law who was Paul Noth, who is Mm. uh he's done a lot of things he's but he was he was a cartoonist for the New Yorker he still is he's but he's done graphic novels and he's done a lot of things he had this he would come with me he also wanted to uh, you know, he looked at. I'm sure he's written on shows and stuff like that. But uh, he would come with me sometimes when I would do Conan. And after one of uh, the the shows, he's like, "Hey, I have this idea for uh, this idea that we the, this animated thing we could do on Conan." And I was like, "I, you know, I don't want to like. I mean, it was such a good gig doing right, stand up right, on right. Conan. i like, I don't want to <laughs> spoil the well right. here. I don't want to be." I mean, I, I can be a nudge, but I don't want to be too right, much of a right. nudge. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, and he was like, you know Mike Sweeney, right? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I just, you know, I don't, I don't want him to like when he sees me, be like, I don't want him to be sad when he
1: sees me. I want him yeah, to be yeah. happy. He's he's so, the guy pitching the, the nepotism he cartoon. Won't shut
2: up. Yeah.
3: His
1: brother in law's running and so his life.
3: He, it was and by the way, it was all Paul's idea. Mm. And um we worked on it a little bit, kind of presenting it. And we brought it up to, to Mike and uh, Jeff Ross. Yeah. And, and it was it was one of those things where, uh, you know, they tried it. And it is kind of, you know, there is something. Like Conan's so self-deprecating. And, right. and the paleness thing was something that I kind of addressed right. in my stand-up. And there was a time when I was on, I was doing stand up, and Phil Hoffman was on and Conan. And it was just, I remember addressing how there was just like so many pale people in kind of my inside voice thing. And so, um, we kind of brought it up and, you know, it's like, and then Mike was nice enough to kind of go, all right, I'll see what we can do here, you know, and, um, But it so we did it and it worked. Well, Mm I it's so funny because I just pitched yeah, it to Conan
1: and he was like, well, yeah, that sounds like the idea. I think he was Conan just was
2: like, I get to be a superhero. I know.
1: I think he was so excited. the yeah. yeah, guest was going to oh, like cool. do all this extra homework. Well, and, that's
2: the other thing I was going to say is, I mean, and as he loved writers the writers on the show, it's like, oh no, please right, take all right, the time right. you need, Mr. Gang. Right, right,
1: right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, that's oh, a guest. That's so it was fun. a guest segment, can, so it, it really didn't help
0: oh, with all the other stuff. Yeah, it was true. like,
1: yeah, okay, sure. Make your cartoon. But uh, <laughs> no, but Conan loved the idea. And then it was it was a giant the first one just killed. Yeah. So that was then it was and it
3: was it was also and then we were like, we're gonna do this. I mean, it's so weird in this day and age of where many people are consuming this by watching the video. But we had this idea that we would do half the episode on the right. show and half would be on nbc.com right
2: oh because you know, this was like <laughs>
3: 2005 yeah, so yeah. it's like oh my god the internet yeah, this is when netflix was was maybe they, they were thinking of doing streaming right, right? right. They they were were the mail yes. in, yeah and um and and the, <laughs> the the there would always be a throw to nbc.com right. and <laughs> then We'd be at, because, you know, I, we'd be at home watching and we'd be like, all right, let's go to NBC. Uh, it never worked. Oh, you know, great. And it was. <laughs> they didn't have the bandwidth. Well, because the technology wasn't there. Yeah.
1: You know.
2: We can't host
3: videos. Tr-
1: <laughs> they got their act together. Oh, wait,
3: it doesn't exist. It was amazing. Yeah. But animations. Uh, and obviously, again, my brother-in-law, Paul. Yeah, how did he, did, did he just
2: animated himself? Oh, that's he usually with a full team of.
3: Yeah, People, he yeah. he drew a lot of it. I think the first one he pretty much did everything. Wow, wow. And then when we then we did another one, and then it it became this series idea, uh, uh, you know, where I would come back, and I was coming back like once a month. Yes, right? yeah. <laughs> I was looking at
1: the dates. You were also prior to this coming back every two months doing stand up, which is wow, wow. Cut, like I saw one where you're on in June, and then you're on in you're on three months later. And I'm like, wow, that is, that is, they, I think it was just like, come back, please come (laughs) back whenever you're available.
3: Yeah. I love doing it. And it was, it was really, I mean, I think that contributed like the frequency of doing these late night spots. I was kind of, I was essentially clean, but it was, you know, there were some curse words, but like, If you're getting ready to do a TV set where you can't obviously curse, then you then you have to sit there and get rid of the curse words. So I was like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. get rid of it right. before I write it now. And oh, so oh, that's interesting. that kind of steered me in a huh. way oh. to like, I mean, it's not like I was uh, you know cursing every other right. uh, phrase, but it was it was those Conan spots where it was all right. You got four minutes. And it was also, like, making sure that, um, you know, you you also wanted it it to be easy. You wanted to deliver and you didn't want someone to be like... Right. Because there is... That is also funny with, like, some comedians. They're like, it is clean. I don't say anything. I just talk about eating pussy. And you're like, that (laughs) is not clean.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I say labia.
3: But I don't curse. You're like, it's actually not just about cursing. Right. You know what I mean? So...
2: (laughs) No, but but that's um, really interesting that you, so you kind of started writing specifically for TV spots.
3: Yes. Well, Mm -hmm. and again, it was, that was the, uh, the, you know, that was way more important than, um, you know, a comedy central, I mean, comedy central, you could get a half hour, but, and, and I think that was probably like the blue collar guys were exploding, but but appearing on a Conan, Letterman, you know, and, and The Tonight Show. But really, it was Conan and Letterman, wasn't it? I, you know, like if Jay Leno's listening to this, I don't want him to feel bad, but... Jay, Jay, Jay's was, our biggest I mean,
2: fan. Uh, but, he yeah, loves yeah, all kinds yeah, of courses. Like, he, he knows always Conan, who, who he's who's going to come up. He has like like, all Jim, our merch. Do you know any
3: of the history? Uh, but,
1: uh, Jim. But, also,
2: uh, I like him feeling bad uh, when he listens to you.
1: Yeah. Oh, it
2: hurt my feelings. No. Uh,
1: yeah, um, no, I, I yeah. think among comics, uh, yeah, I mean, Letterman and then Conan became kind of a hot place for stand-ups to start making their first appearance yeah. on you know after a bit so but that I love yeah. that you had that discipline cuz most comics it's like uh you know you're going on every night in a club in yeah. in probably in New York City and the pressure to want to swear or just to ingratiate yourself with oh, that yeah. live crowd yeah. but you were like able to kind of say okay Which I think is really hard to do. Yeah, seriously. NBC standards and practices. (laughs) That's right. I want to get at (laughs) NBC.com when it works. But yeah, yeah, no, that's it's very impressive though. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So really, Conan is the reason you got to uh, open up for the Pope.
3: He is. (laughs) He is the only reason. Uh Good. (laughs) It is.
1: If we learn anything from this,
3: weird. It's it's so uh, it's the Pope thing is so. Weird, because you know it's you know it's such an absurd idea. Right? They're like, oh, you know, the Pope's coming to Philadelphia, and they're like, we should probably get a comedian to open. <laughs> I
2: know. <And> it's <laughs> One different two. genres.
3: And I, I had a whole story on it in a, a special, but it's there's also something about the Northeast. I, I love the Northeast, right. but like. You know Philadelphia, Boston. Oh boy! You know Long Island. They don't. They're not. You know, like there were people there that were. You know, like <laughs> eventually, <laughs> I did a joke where I kind of like said, you know, you guys are so not, ni- You guys are going to be nice to the Pope, right? <laughs> but you did to Santa Claus, and they started booing. They started oh, booing uh, me right. before they saw the guy who was going to talk to them about Mercy. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, but there is something about the Northeast that I love so much. Right. There's an authenticity, yes. like there's not mm-hmm. an editor, right. but it's so absurd that someone because there's there's situations where you can't like a reverence is really uh, it's inappropriate. You yeah. know what I mean? It's right. like if you're like No one's gonna be like, you know, like, what do you think of the opening acts for the Pope? No one's gonna be like, you know, what I thought the. uh, It's just like if you're sarcastic, you're being inappropriate to some people, and then other people are like, you know, he's really holding back. You know what I mean? It's like I thought he was gonna roast the Pope. Yeah, he's
1: pulling his punches. They're not letting Gaffigan be Gaffigan. Yeah, you know, I never thought about that. It was in Philadelphia, which is hilarious just and like one of the toughest. It's terrifying. And the,
2: <laughs> it's terrifying. There's
1: that legendary um, Bill Burr gig yes, outdoors yeah. in mm. Philly mm. where like, I don't know, yes. four or five other comics went on. So he knew the deal. Like, I'm sure the first comic, that's the problem when you're the first comic or the first two comics, you're like, you just assume it's you and, mm-hmm. and you're like, I failed. But then the other comics watching, you're like, oh no, that comic's really good. This crowd, the crowd, crowd blows. Oh. And by the time he went out there, he just went insane. On the- It's one of, it's yeah. great. <laughs> it's funny. The,
2: the Pope was probably thinking the, that.
1: I know. And then Bill Burr introduced the Pope. The Pope loves Philly. Yeah. He loves to headline. He's always
2: passing through. He loves playing Philly. It's
3: it's like that. That is that whole comedy as combat. Right. Is was kind of a a thing that existed in 90s New York City comedy. Very much in New York. Where like it's, you know, because now it's. It's uh, the, the audience is more educated right. on what stand up is and right. what the, the experience is supposed right. to be. But I think in the early 90s, people were like, are we supposed to heckle? Oh, we're supposed to. <laughs> I saw Rodney Dangerfield.
2: Yeah. You know I mean? like and it. then,
3: yeah. So it was, but it was so in a way. City. Sorry. Yeah, go
1: ahead. In a way. Yeah.
3: No, no. I was going to say that too. It's like, I feel like when I, finally went to dc and i did the dc improv and Mm -hmm. people were laughing at certain things i was like oh wait a minute maybe 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 audiences are are you know
1: there's a different expectation it's Mm -hmm. a different experience it is regional it's it's like the the audiences in chicago like a lot of comics would move to new york from chicago and none of them were sarcastics. And I was like, wow, that it's almost like a reflection of what their audience is like. And then I went to San Francisco and I never saw audiences that great in my life. I was just (laughs) like, why every comedian should move to San Francisco? Because they're like theater crowds. They're just smart and engaged. It seems like how
2: Olympic athletes train and Denver, because at the altitude, then <laughs> right. whenever, whenever they go anywhere else, they're going to be in the best shape of their mm. lives. So, I mean, you guys starting out in these cities on yeah. the East Coast,
1: right? That are although they tougher could, crowds, uh, unless you're like. You know, disciplined. You can just develop really bad habits, mm. and and yes. kind of get yes. into the muck, like uh, and fight with yeah. Them. yeah. And then you go to another city, and everyone's like, "Why is this guy yelling at us? This Why problem. is he being yeah. such an asshole?" Right. To us.
3: Right. It also can evolve. Like I remember right. when when pot became, you know, like pot was first legal right. in Colorado. And Denver was a big drinking city, Chicago, you know, like there are certain cities where you're like, people are just going to be bombed. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, an expectation, particularly on late shows. And so I remember I did Denver and I had been going to Denver for a while and I, so they made pot legal and there was, this meet and greet, you would do these theaters and like if they paid a certain right. amount, you would do a meet and greet mm. with 50 of them. Mm-hmm. And it was probably maybe three months after pot had been legal. And at the meet and greet, you know, usually there would be somebody drunk, maybe like some one or two people drunk out of 50. At the Denver, the first time I did it, I'm not kidding. Like half the audience was being carried because pot was legal. So people were like <laughs> taking an edible and, or they and were was smoking too late. this really, <laughs> yeah. these really powerful weed and so like people were carrying their dates through the meet and greet and it was because they had had this denver let's party attitude but they were doing it with weed right and it was right at the beginning so it was like it was fascinating to
1: witness that yeah the next day they were like did i did i meet jim gaffigan yes yes you did (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah, we saw that show right Right.
2: yeah those seem like not great audiences the the really high audiences.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely not combative, you know, (laughs) but it was just so it's like, you know, it's like amazing to see because like, just, you know, it's like the pot that, that we smoked as teenagers. Half the time it wasn't pot. Right. It was oregano. (laughs) You know, it was just some shit that some jerk sold us. And, but like now it's like the purest mm-hmm. stuff in the world. Some yeah, people yes. are just not used to it.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Our tolerances are low.
1: Yes. I'm surprised <laughs> they have money for those meet and greets with all the money they're spending on drugs. <laughs> drugs. <laughs> drugs. Drugs. I call them drugs. I'm an old man.
2: <laughs> well, Jim, um, we I know we have to wrap up with you soon, but uh, we definitely want to talk about your new special, Dark Pale. It's on Amazon. Anything we need to know?
1: It's it's dark. It's a little it's dark. It's dark. I'm gonna answer. It, for yeah. Jim, you know there is which I love. something.
3: It. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I you know there is something about. uh, You know, I think the pandemic going through the the pandemic. You know, there is a certain cynicism that we all kind of encountered, right. and and you know, like for me, it's. You know, I'm not saying I would edit or hold back on some of my misanthropic tendencies, but it was so I was kind of I'm gonna be a little bit more dark than I maybe I have previously or more dark than right in selective instances, you know, and but you know, comedians, you're always kind of hopefully evolving. So and it's a you know, I do think that doing uh, stand-up and people consuming your, your stand-up, that it should evolve. It should change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell a story here. It's like, all right, I, the challenge of like, all right, I'm going to try and make funerals funny. You know I mean, mm-hmm. not that people haven't heard funeral jokes, but like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, we've all gone through this. And I think human beings, we can't exist in that, that devastation of a funeral, but there is humor in that experience. But again, we like, we can't live in the reality that, you know, people we love are going to die. Right. But like some of it is going through the pandemic. We had to face that reality. Right. Many of us did, you know, like I lost my aunt during it and, you know, a couple friends friends mm. uh, later on. So it was just kind of uh, one of those things where it was, I guess, top of mind. So I just kind of,
1: you know, wrote oh, you about did. it. Well, that that's why I thought it was so ingenious. You started out kind of like, oh, here we are coming out. We're all out of COVID. And and then you were talking about, yeah, like how everyone became so callous during COVID. And then I, I just thought it was ingenious that that was your kind of your spring. You're right there talking about people dying during COVID and, you know, the new tally coming out and blah, blah. And then yeah. boom, right into the funeral stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's such a great... Natural way into oh, all thanks. that darker stuff. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it.
3: And then I segue into diarrhea. Always,
1: <laughs> always good to do some diarrhea that, stuff. Well, that's right? that's a term. It can
2: be dark or light. You know,
1: and and uh, keep
2: it highbrow,
3: right? Exactly. You know, it's like you want to stay in the. You know, you want the Peabody something for the Peabody <laughs> yes. judges, mm-hmm. right? <laughs>
1: They, if you so, look at Peabody, things that have won Peabody, the diarrhea runs through all the winners. It's, right. it's, it's, it's it's a constant. It's there. Well, thank you for yeah, doing this. I know.
2: Thank you so it was much. Great
1: seeing you again. Thanks so much. This
3: yeah. was really fun, you guys. Yeah, yeah. this is fun
2: for us. Yes, Thanks. appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Right. Thanks to Jim Gaffigan for joining us and his new special. It's called Dark Pale. It's out now on Prime Video. Go check that out.
1: And we have a listener question. Ooh. This is a, a very specific one. It's from Michael Lockyer from St. John's, Newfoundland. Hello to you both. Oh, very formal. I've been listening to the podcast <laughs> since day one and absolutely love all the behind-the-scenes stories. I'm from Newfoundland, Canada, and one of my fondest youthful memories is when Conan got screeched in by Natasha Henstridge in quite an old episode of Late Night.
2: Oh, it is specific.
1: I've always wanted to know more about that absolutely hilarious moment on the show. I'm sure Mike was around at the time. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Because he's older than Methuselah. He's
2: always around. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: He saw it all and remembers none of it. Thanks for all the (laughs) the behind-the-scenes details of my favorite show of the about thirty years. Really hope I get to get some details on this probably mostly forgotten moment. I love you, Michael oh, Lockyer.
2: Thanks, well, Michael. Thank you,
1: Michael. We love you too. We do.
2: I had never seen this clip, uh, so I had to watch this right to know what what screeching in even is. I had it no idea. It sounds so Canadian. I,
1: I I was in the same boat with you. Um. Yeah, so we, we looked up Screeched in is something very specific to Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. It's, I supposedly it's like to, if you're visiting Newfoundland, it's a drinking ritual to prove, to make you a temporary new
2: Oh, I mean, it's basically a drinking. It's an excuse for drinking. <laughs>
1: it's an excuse for drinking. <laughs> um, Natasha Henstridge is from Newfoundland. So she came on the show and she gave had made Conan drink some screech rum and I guess there's a poem you read and Conan I think I think it was so funny because Conan just started of course drinking the rum straight out of the bottle.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the the other aspect of it, it's hard to tell from watching the clip, but Conan's first baby had just been born 2 days earlier and he it was his first show back from his baby being born. And he was, he didn't really take a paternity leave. Wow, uh, two days? Yeah. yeah. And oh, so God, his wife was thrilled. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, listen,
1: he, listen, he had to. Uh, the had people needed
2: money. late night.
1: Exactly. People needed He's late a night. He's an
2: essential worker mm-hmm. on the front lines. Okay. Well, thank you for the question and the memories, Michael. <laughs> And, okay, I have to give a little update. Oh. At the top of the show, I was talking about Altadena house shopping.
1: Right, where and Sona lives. the housing lives. market. Yeah, where
2: Sona lives. Yeah. Um, and, and I mentioned that we were able to afford a house there with a pool. Yes. Well, I have an update because within the time that we've been recording, Yes. that house sold for way over the asking price out of our budget. So we already can't afford to live in Altadena
1: anymore. I thought you were gonna say you bought a house in Altadena.
2: That I bought the house. Yeah, I wish that's what I was gonna say. No, I just wanted to say if anyone was listening was like, oh, I'm gonna go buy a house in Altadena. Right, 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 right. Um, you already missed it. It's too late.
1: The 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 window. The closed. market is
2: is already <laughs> through the uh, roof.
1: The market's supposed to be going down the tubes. Uh, What's happening? Oh, no,
2: it's just it's worse than ever.
1: They, you know what? You mentioned that Sona lives there, and now every that's when everyone started.
2: That's right. Bidding they got above the, the Sona asking. bump. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'll tell her that, that that's what she's done. Sure.
1: She ruined it little it cute little
2: Altadena Ugh. is now going to turn into Venice Beach.
1: Sonaville. Yeah. Potterville. (laughs) It's a wonderful life.
2: Uh, Well, that's our show.
1: No, wait. You're going to find a better house somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go even further into the mountains.
1: (laughs) Uh, You're going (laughs) to move up to, uh, what what is that? Lancaster.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, That's only a two-hour commute. Let's look in Lancaster. Oh, it's already out of our budget. Yeah.
1: Well, Bakersfield.
2: (laughs) All right. I'm Googling. Nope. That's a whole
1: damn Fresno, too. Hmm. Gilroy, the garlic capital of California. Oh, if only you'll actually be closer to San Francisco, Gilroy. but yeah, I, I'll fly up there and we'll do it up there. <laughs> have fun I think in Gilroy. I have to move
2: to Nevada. I don't know. Uh,
1: would you live in Nevada? Oh. Know. <laughs> do you ga- Do you like to gamble? No, I, mean, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I no, I don't. Okay. I I once found a poker chip on the ground and I cashed it out.
1: Oh, that, I, I hope you were in a casino. <laughs> I was in a casino. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Good, yeah, good, good, good,
2: good. No, I don't gamble. All right,
1: I know how to. Get us to the end of the podcast by bringing up. Oh, so you wouldn't live in Nevada. Let me ask you this Montana. (laughs) How about uh, Utah? (laughs) Let's jump to the East Coast now. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. Thank you, Michael. That that was, I could see why you remember that clip. It was really funny. And if anyone else has a question for us, please give us a call at 323 209 1079 or email us at insideconanpod at gmail.com.
2: And if you call, don't. Don't worry. No one's going to answer. It's just right. It, it's just a voicemail box.
1: Is it even that? I I, I I assume it was disconnected. I've been too
2: afraid to call.
1: Disconnected 4 years ago and our producer makes up all these questions. But either way, <laughs> give the give it a try. You never know.
2: Oh, and if you like the show, um you can Feel free to support us by rating Inside Conan on iTunes and leaving us a review. It could be negative.
1: That's right. No.
2: We're not going to monitor it.
1: Well, you know, our rating of you isn't negative. You are listeners. In fact, it's the highest rating. So
2: positive that we love you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell.
1: Mm, our producer is Lisa Burr.
2: Team Coco's executive producers are Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Nick Liao.
1: Engineered and mixed by Joanna Samuel.
2: Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis, with assistance from Maddie Ogden.
1: Thanks to Jimmy Vino for our theme music and interstitials,
2: you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.
1: And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan or an Enemy <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you
2: like best. You're not
1: put on
3: your hat it's the conan show try on some spats you're gonna have a laugh give birth to a calf it's conan
0: this has been a team coco production